Welcome to Retirement Diaries, a new podcast and YouTube series where we talk to people living and learning their own epic retirement journeys. It's real, it's raw, and it's personal. I'm Beck Wilson, the author of How to Have an Epic Retirement, and I'm passionate about helping people prepare for the 30-plus year epic retirement they have ahead of them. You can sign up for my regular newsletter at epicretirement.net. I simply want you to learn how to have an epic retirement, and not just from me, but from the millions of other people living their retirements right now. Now, today we are talking to Robin Everingham, who writes a regular blog called Age with Attitude. Hi, Hi Robin. According to her own online bio, she's an ordinary 60-something wife, mother, and grandmother who has made a commitment to being a super alive centenarian. And to do that, she's having to become that person which I think I've been watching her from afar for a few weeks, months now, I think. She's been researching the best teachers of longevity and know-how and tech. She's been testing what she's learning on herself (laughs) and her husband by the sound of it. And she's walking the talk and being accountable. So I'm excited to chat with you, Robin, today. Um, And I'm excited for what we can learn from you. But tell us more about who you are today and what you've done over your life that's led you here. Um, I wouldn't actually say that I'm even retired. I don't know that I will ever be retired. Um, I I actually retired from corporate life probably over 20 years ago or or more. And um, I was fortunate enough to work in finance and uh, at the start it was about bringing computer systems into banking and then my husband and I decided that at some point we would leave banking and start our own consulting business and we worked on Oracle financial projects around the world. So the great thing was we got to travel together and I kept my maiden name so nobody even knew that we were uh, married. So we did all these projects in Australia, all over Australia and in the UK and had the most fabulous time. And then we decided that we didn't, yeah, we didn't need to live in Sydney to travel and do this sort of stuff. So we bought acreage up here in um, northern New South Wales and we travelled from there and we commuted to Sydney and Brisbane and wherever we needed to go until we decided that. I talk a lot about the fact that we're we're human doers in this corporate mm. career and work career until we become become our next selves as we hit retirement. And And you've done a lot of work on your curiosity and your your interests that go beyond your work. Tell us about them. Um, I guess personal development's always been a passion um, all through the 80s and 90s when all that major personal development sort of stuff was going on. We were right in the thick of it doing some, you know, working with some really, really uh, interesting teachers. I mean, Robert Kiyosaki, before he ever wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, we, we worked with him and learnt a lot. Um, oh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that I guess the time that we spent with him in those early days um, shifted our mindset beyond belief and that was the start and the foundation for being able to build the sort of life that we have got now. Life is about just mm, squeezing the juice out at every angle. And that's what I, I love do. that. I love yeah. that. And I, and I yeah. read it in your, I read it in your newsletter, um, mm. Age with Attitude. It, it makes mm. me, 
um, want to know more about all the things you're reading. Uh, clearly, we read a lot of the yes. same things and uh, about longevity and about health and about the science of health that's changing yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about living to 100 because yeah. you've mm-hmm. you've marked it out on your blog. It's yeah. one of your goals. Yeah. You want to live to 100. What mm-hmm. motivates that? Okay. Uh, first thing is for me, I have been blessed with good genes. And so I want to honour those genes and not, you know, just throw them, you know, down the river or something. I want to uh, to be the sort of person that um, is 100 and using everything I've been given. So that's How long that's did your parents live? Thing. Um, Dad's still around at 92 and uh, up until about last year was playing golf. So he's pretty passionate about that sort of stuff. His brother just passed away at 96. I mean, they're a family of longevity. So I've been blessed with those genes. So that's really important to me that I do that for my family. And then secondly, I've got grandchildren. I want to see great-grandchildren. I want to to have that big sort of... um, family around me and mentor I I do a lot of mentoring with the family so that's really important and I'm a tech geek I'm just a tech geek and so I want to see what's going to be around when I'm 100. What have you explored tried and what do you believe Uh will get you there? Um, I reckon that it's uh, physical fitness, cognitive fitness and financial fitness are the three keys. And then that's the foundation for having a passion and squeezing the juice out, making every day count. So what's your passion? Passion is, um, it it really is fitness and, and hiking. We, Frank and I hike around the world and I just absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. that's, What's that's your favourite trail? Part of it. Uh, a few years ago, we did Zion in uh, in the US um, in Utah. Uh, absolutely, without a doubt, yeah. one of the best we've done. But but then again, uh, hiking in the UK is just my passion. I just love walking in the woods, yeah. mm. and that's what we've. So been you've doing just come back from weeks. a trip over there. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you go? Um, a lot of it around London because my daughter lives in London. Um, but we did this time. Usually we go off and do a, a, a side trip to, the, to Europe somewhere. But this time we went down to Cheddar Gorge, stayed at Glastonbury before the festival, not during the festival, and hiked um, Cheddar Gorge and all around that area. And it was just magnificent. Loved it. Yeah, right. Um, now tell me, what got you started heading yep. down this pathway? Uh, you know, it's not an area that people just wake up and suddenly go yep. down. They usually have a health scare or, a, yep. or, a, or they just find it fascinating reading about it. But I'd love to hear your story of, of what lead, started leading you yep. towards understanding your longevity better, understanding your health better. Um, uh, where was it? So, so my daughter in London works for Peloton. She's a senior manager for Peloton. So ah. when we were over there in 2019, um, she had a bike at her place and I had never been interested in spin classes. But I got on the bike and I did a class and I was addicted from day one. I absolutely loved it. Nice. And so... As soon as it came to Australia, I got a bike here. She organised that for me. So I've got a bike just sitting beside me there. 
and it's a big part of my life. But, Sweet. But the interesting thing is that uh, when you're on the peloton, you can actually see who else is doing what. And I started to see all these, um, you have a leaderboard name, so you can see all these people on the leaderboard who are doing the same ride as you at the same time. Yeah. Granny this, grandma that in their 60s because their ages are on their 60s, 70s. And I went, wow, wow, look what they're doing. <laughs> Jesus, if they can do that, so That's can so I. Cool. <laughs> and, and, you know, a woman who was 76 and said, I'm in the best shape of my life. She was featured on one of Peloton's blogs yeah. and I go, but I've seen women in their 80s and 90s on that Peloton bike and I go, I'll have what she's having, thanks. <laughs> I love it. About. I love it. That is great. I didn't know that. I've yeah. seen it on TV and I, I yep. must say they they look impressive. I still go to the gym for my spin class, but, yep. um, you know, it's it certainly would be different being able to do it at home. It's, it's not only that, they have um, everything from Pilates to yoga to everything. So it's just a one-stop shop. That's that's very cool. Um, yeah, and your is. husband also had a health care somewhere along the way. So you all dove in and, and got he, to understand he did, this better. Yeah, yeah, he has atrial fibrillation. And so probably five years ago, and that's where I started to really research um HRV and all of those sorts of things to better understand mm. what what was going on for him. I started with HeartMath, and they have um, lots of resources for HRV. And um, I might even ask you to help us understand what atrial fibrillation is, because okay. I think it's quite common. Yep. Yeah, the second half of life, and and then if people can understand, because a lot of people won't have been measuring their own. Per, or, or tracking their own personal no. health metrics. And no. this is a, a fairly new space where you can get quite into and yep. you're really into it yep. I and I'm yep. really impressed. So I'd like us to take people on a bit mm. of a journey. Yeah. Atrial fibrillation is a um, an irregular heartbeat. And so for, for mm -hmm. quite a lot of people, it's intermittent. So it just comes and it goes. But for some people, it develops into mm -hmm. a something that's permanent and the heart is always irregular. And if that's the case, then those sorts of people generally have to be on blood thinners because you don't want a clot forming in that process. And so that's where Frank is now yeah. on um, blood thinners. Um, so, so yes, that, that really triggered me off to really look at all of the, um, the tech that's available these days. And uh, HRV is so easy to measure. I, I measure it every morning, have done for the last five years. I have 1,800-day um, uh, streak on it. I'm going to ask you to explain <laughs> HRV to yeah, me, even yeah, though yeah, yeah. I've read about it okay. on your blog. Let, let's even take yep. a step step for everybody. Yep. Heart rate variability is yep. what it means. Yes, it let's is. Let's talk about the importance of the variability of your heart rate and measuring yep. it so that people even know they can measure it. It's a pretty simple thing to measure and these days you can actually put your finger on the back of a phone and do it, probably not as well as a chest strap. I use a chest wow. strap and um, uh, that's as pretty much as good as it gets to measure your HRV. Uh, it's very different to heart rate. We have a heart rate, and but the, the heart rate variability is... If you imagine the heartbeat going up like that and then going up again, it's the distance between the two heartbeats. 
and that needs Mm. to vary to be healthy because if you can imagine when we die we flatline so we want less and less Mm. we want more and more variability and not so um yeah, so it's it's a matter of um, staying healthy. So what it also indicates is the uh, parasympathetic and the um, sympathetic nervous system. So if you're very stressed, that will affect your HRV. And what we're trying to yeah, do right. is balance those two, so between working and rest. But there's two types of stress. There's distress, which is the stress you don't want, and there's what they call eustress, mm. which is exercise and things like that that um, build capacity in the system. So you want more mm. eustress and less yeah, distress. Right. And to balance that with um, relaxation techniques and that sort of stuff, it just keeps the system in homeostasis. If that's the case, then your HRV will be in really good shape. But when you measure your HRV, most apps will tell you what shape you're in that day. Yep, you're in good shape. You can actually go for it today or you need to rest. You've overdone it. And that's really valuable when you're working out because overdoing it is just as bad as anything else. That's really important information for everybody. I think the um, as our bodies age not pushing them beyond but just yes. pushing them to the right amount of health yes, yes you know exactly. health creating activation rather than yes. pounding them the way we did when we were young a- absolutely and and you obviously read dr peter atia's book um i haven't seen his latest oh. stuff but i've been following him for a long time and what he says is that we need to be training at zone two level rather than mm. really up at the top levels and that's the longevity and what that actually does and is there it, used to be an era yeah yeah, yeah. What, what that does is it builds mitochondria in your body and they're the powerhouses if we remember back to our biochemistry classes at school um, the more mitochondria you have the better able you are to to maintain fitness and do everything that we need to do so it's pretty basic science and that's all tied in with it is, and the, the science that's coming out at the moment yep. is yeah, the science that's coming out at the moment is very much speaking to the solutions to aging being quite simple. Yes, heart, yes. you know, moving your body, yes. exercise, you know, yep. and and the right zones of exercise, not yes, not hardcore exercise all the time, exactly, but regular exercise. Yes, yep. A, a little bit of that use stress on your body is actually yes. a positive thing. It is, and indeed. Intermittent yep. fasting as well, you know, is the other one I hear a lot about. Do you guys yep. follow intermittent fasting? Um, I, I yeah. I, How I did do you it, use it? I did it while I was overseas because you can't always sort of uh, eat as well as you'd like to. So I just chose to to do some intermittent fasting, and it kept my weight nice during that whole time. But I don't mm. do it as. It's a amazing how the metabolism all. changes. Yeah, it does. Mm. It does. And, and I guess the other thing going back to that fitness is, uh, Dr. Peter Atia would say, is strength as we age. Strength is the absolute top thing that we've got to be concerned about. So what do you do regularly, Robin, for your own health? You, you're living it and practising it. Yep. What do you do regularly to maintain your health? Um, mostly Peloton, Peloton um, uh, bike. Um, I ride a I, – I, I do the same sort of program as um, – cyclists do um, elite cyclists only 
uh, my levels here and their levels wow. there. So what they do is use a system called power zone training and there's seven zones in that. And what you do is you do a test. The elite cyclists would do one hour flat out and they would get what they call their functional threshold. And based on that, your seven zones are worked out of your output. And so when you're, when they say zone two, zone two for me might be an output of 100. Zone two for an elite might be 500, but still zone two for that person. So I do a lot of riding right. peloton um, uh, and strength work with them, Pilates, yoga, meditation, everything. Yeah, nice. And does your husband do the same things as you or does he do different things? Pretty much, but he doesn't like to be told what to do, so he does it his way. <laughs> he, he, he cycles. <laughs> he, he likes to cycle outside rather than being on a peloton, so that's cool. <laughs> Mine's the same. He, he, yeah. He's always said we can't get a peloton because, because <laughs> I, I wouldn't use it. <laughs> I have a real bike, oh, he says. I, I bet he would. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I suspect he would too. It's, mm. uh, it's one of those those things you you argue over until one of you yeah. gives in and just doesn't. Exactly. Now, that was something I read on your blog recently yeah. was, um, I guess, the cognitive, and you talked yes. about it earlier. The yes. three things for you yeah. to be in a good retirement are mm. your cognitive, your financial, physical. and your and, yeah. health. Yeah. Uh, physical. Yeah. So, to, tell, let's talk about cognitive health and what you mm. do for cognitive health. Okay. Um, the last couple of months, I, I mean, I just, I, I wasn't going to, but then I thought, oh, let's let's have a go and see what, what it's all about. So I did the research and looked at all of the apps in that space and chose Lumosity as the one that I wanted to go with. And I, I was quite amazed at, uh, when I first did it, um, I, I was sort of way down compared to my age group and I went, well, that just cannot happen. <laughs> That has to be changed. Uh, so, so I started and, and I started. So they rank you when out. you start. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. rank you? They when, rank you, you every yeah, day. Okay. Every day that you do it, they rank. You can see what wow. scores you got for the games and where you sit in comparison to your age group. So um, over a couple of months. It's a red rag to you. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just gamification for me. Maybe we have to make Epic Retirement a gamified a game. community yeah. that's got all this scoring into each other. I've got to, I've got to find a way. Oh, no. It's tech. If you're into tech, it's it's there. And so I, I've improved yeah, dramatically awesome. in that time. And I just, you know, just there's just little things that um, I've never been a real problem solver because I've never had to because I have a husband who solves all the problems. Um but doing the work on lumosity and the problem solving really sort of, I went, oh, you can do that. And so when we're over in the UK, I noticed that a few times when we're out hiking and we ran into problems, um, I started to solve them instead of waiting for him to do it. And I went, oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, so it, it has had an effect and I'm just going to keep going with it and, you know, see what happens. And when so I you get found to, your metrics changed quite Yeah, quickly. they did. They did. And when I get to the top of my age group, I'll be testing myself against the age group before. Yeah, right. So they, they banned it by age and you... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I'm very, very interested to hear more about this. And, and I know yeah. the blog on your site is very interesting. So I will uh, link it in the, in mm. the uh, 
the podcast notes yeah. from today. Now, how how long have you been practicing this longevity practice, I guess, in your own life? I mean, that's what I find fascinating about watching you is that you you look like you've been living it for a while, but but a lot of this area is pretty new. Um I think I've been living it for a long time. I've always loved hiking. Um, you know, we've done some really terrific stuff in our time. But the tech part only really started about five years ago. And I just love mm. technology. So it's right up my alley. And I, and I know that as we go on, there's more and more health tech coming in. Functional doctors in the US use a lot of tech with their patients and they just send the figures into them. And if there's no reason to talk to them, they don't have to worry. So they're using it instead mm. of getting patients in all the time. And I think that's where we have to be headed because our medical system cannot cope with what it's got right now. So using that sort of It's going to be a very interesting period, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Even if people are just, you know, testing their blood pressure and because what that does is not just test it, but it gets people interested in, well, what can I do about it? But what, you know, what you don't see, what is it, what you don't measure, you can't change. And I think that awareness is the key for people. What do you measure? Uh, I measure HRV. I measure, uh, the other one that's really key for me now is VO2 max which Apple Watch measures, but mm -hmm. I'm really conscious of it because over COVID it dropped slightly and I went, oh, okay, what's that about? So I'm starting to work that back up with specific training, physical training on that side of things. Um, what else do I measure? Mm -hmm. um, I've just started measuring body composition with a phone app. That is the next bit, yeah, right. let me tell you. I was uh, a tester for a US company on their app. It's the same company that does HRV, so I've been associated with them for a long time, and they asked me to be a tester on that app, and it is just, it's a game changer, utter game changer. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I think once we can, we can understand uh, the fat compositions of our bodies yeah. and the muscle yeah. compositions, yeah. I mean, our ability to maintain strong muscle composition is yeah, is very absolutely. important as we age i mean absolutely. i don't know about you but i worry for my balance and i'm only 47 like my balance is something i want to be on top of yeah yeah you know and um, I, I do lots of one-legged exercises at the gym yeah 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 <laughs> exactly uh, um, lots of yeah, them. <laughs> that, that's that's the sort of stuff and uh, body composition is so critical to so many factors in aging but to just be able to see it mm you know, with an app on your phone is extraordinary. Yep. Look, Robin, you are a very, very interesting person and we're going to keep keep uh, keep coming back and checking in with you as you discover different things on your journey uh, yep. and link to Age With Attitude um, on our blog, which we already do, um, because you're, you're a pretty inspiring lady. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've got five fun, light questions for us to finish on today. Yeah. We call these our fast five. Right. All right. So what would you like to tell your 21-year-old self if you had an opportunity today? I would say uh, it's going to be a wild ride, lovey. Strap in because it has been. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot more to go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's <laughs> it. And, and, yeah. and, and, and yeah. just on top of that, I think it's, I could have told that 21-year-old to get more focused and do this and, you know, go down this path, but it was never going to happen. You know, I, I just wanted to know everything. So I was always going to be out there and on the edge. What's the number one lesson you learned the hard way? I discovered that mindset is everything. I mean, I think over time I've tried to, you know, claw my way to a goal. But in actual fact, you've got to adopt the mindset of where you want the person that you want to be to make that easy and then you just bring everything with you. It's a very different way of being than trying to get somewhere from, from the spot that you are. You can't solve problems with the same level of thinking that you have. So you've got to move to that and that's mindset and that's why age with attitude is important because it's a mindset. I love it. I love it. What do you do that you really love doing and you fit into every week no matter what? I would have to say Peloton. I would have to say Peloton because I just love it. You're inspiring me. <laughs> you need a bike. <laughs> uh, the biggest tip for people approaching retirement, what should they do no matter what? Look, as I said, I think three keys to retirement and, and that ageing is the physical fitness, cognitive fitness, financial fitness, and a passion to, um, to use you know, with that as the foundation and make every day count. You just, we just don't know. Yeah, no. And what yeah. does having an epic retirement mean to you? Freedom. Freedom to travel the world and just explore and, you know, hike new places. That's... I love it. Robin Everingham <laughs> from Age With Attitude. You are an Retiree, I am so glad to have had you on the show. Uh, I'm Beck Wilson, and you're listening to Retirement Diaries, a new podcast and YouTube series where I speak to real retirees about their wild and varied epic retirement experiences. Thank you for joining us, Robin. You can sign up to receive my weekly email newsletter at epicretirement.net, and I will link Robin's blog, Age with Attitude, in the notes. <laughs>